Now, we talk a lot about business turnarounds on this podcast, but right now the whole country needs a turnaround. So how do we get out of this downturn and build a vibrant economy so that the new normal is even better than the old normal? Michael Fingland from Vantage Performance reckons it involves the same process as a business turnaround. And now we have a real chance for real change. So let's start talking about what the future will look like and how we get there. And it can all start now. I'm Phil Dobby. That's today on the Vantage Performance Podcast. So, yes, a turnaround plan for Australia. Michael Fingland from Vantage Performance has uh, been giving a lot of thought to this. And as usual, uh, he's got a three-point plan. He's he's a man who loves his three-point plans. Uh, And this plan will give us a very different future. Uh, Michael, I mean, you're obviously more familiar with turning around businesses, not turning turning around the whole country. So, so what's going on here? Have you got your set, sights set on on the prime minister's job? <laughs> now, look, Phil. It's for us. It's it's quite simple. I mean, we, we've just taken the same sort of philosophy that we would uh, for for a group, a company group, um, and applied that to the economy. And I mean, I've said this for for I don't know how long now. You know, the, the Australian economy is the biggest company in the land. I mean, it, it's and and. and you know, you need to you need to um, look through that lens when when you're running running the country. It is, it is the country's biggest biggest business. So, I mean, so when when you think about the typical way we approach turnarounds, um, it's 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 a very similar approach. And we've just as I said applied that lens. You know, what are those one to two big changes in the strategy that we always talk about? And and you know, when you when you overlay that framework that we use to turn businesses around, it's very very similar and very um, straightforward. Um, in terms of you know how do you how do you stimulate revenue? I mean, as as we've talked about, there's two two ways to sort of fixing the profit and loss, if you like, or GDP in this case. You either have strategies that are going to grow the top line uh, revenue, mm. or strategies that are going to cut costs, or a combination of both. And really, with economies, it's 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 more about how do you grow the pie, how do you grow revenue? Because that even with a lower taxation regime, you, you, there's more um, total dollars in tax being uh, delivered to government coffers, which they can then spend. You know, on the economy in, in, in a whole range of different areas, health, education, etc. So, so the plan that we want to run through today is really uh, we've used the same principles that we would apply to a corporate turnaround uh, because it is it is a, a big business as, as as we've outlined. And uh, yeah. what are those one to two big changes in strategy that we would normally look for? Um, to, to build our typical three-point plan. And that is it, isn't it? The fact that we can actually make big changes now because normally you look at the way governments operate and, you know, we're sort of tweaking the edges. There's never an opportunity to make big changes because it's uh, it it's politically very difficult to do that. But we've, we've gone through such a crisis or we're still going through such a big crisis. This is mm. an opportunity and it's good to see some opportunity coming out of this. It's, a, it's an opportunity for big changes. And that's the, exactly the same correlation with corporates. So normally before yeah. they get into a real crisis, you know, corporates and their management teams and boards will look at doing some restructuring with their business, but, but it's difficult to do the big radical things. It's difficult to... to do the painful things because there's so much, um, you know, uh, internal, um, you know, uh, yeah, the crisis isn't, isn't, isn't big enough for all stakeholders to all get on board. And that's what this, this uh, crisis has presented is a huge opportunity where even state and, and federal leaders, you know, from opposite ends of the spectrum are all coming together to find a way through this. So we have, we have this huge opportunity to restructure the Australian economy. And, and, uh, you know, uh, come out of this with a much stronger economy and, and, and just using that same process, you know, uh, as I say, never waste a good crisis. 
And you need a crisis like in corporate um, turnarounds to get everyone on the table, agree on those big radical changes so we can turn around as fast as we can. Well, one of those big changes, I mean, this has been talked about for decades, hasn't it? That the Australian economy is far too dependent on digging stuff out of the ground and shipping it overseas without adding any value to it. I mean, that's, so that's got to be the, uh, the, I guess, the first area to look at. And, that, and your first point is that we need a manufacturing incentive program for Australia. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, and, I, and I'll say that, fortunately, uh, we have actually outsourced so much uh, manufacturing over the last 10, 20 years. Um, now, it's hurt us on the way through, don't get me wrong, but for now, um, there would be and there will be a huge jobs boost if we come up with a, a manufacturing incentive program that incentivizes manufacturers to bring manufacturing back onshore because that will, that, that's, that's akin to a, an equity injection into the economy. There'll be a whole bunch of new jobs created by bringing that manufacturing back onshore. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll need to be selective as to what type of um, manufacturing perhaps, but you know, incentives, tax incentives and other incentives uh, both state and federal for manufacturers to bring their manufacturing back on shore. So that is a surefire way to really boost the economy and boost jobs. Um, so not only re-onshoring manufacturing that has, has left our shores over the last decade or so, but also uh, initiatives to encourage local manufacturers to start up and expand. So they're the two bedrocks for me that they, they will grow the economy much faster than anything else. Mm. And then you combine that with a common strategy around, uh, and, and we've done it before and it was very successful, is buy Australia made. Yeah. You know, with, with, there is a lot of angst and unrest in the economy and a lot of sort of patriotism sort of coming back that, that we've lost. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a, a, a real strengthening of that Aussie culture, you know, we can do this better than anyone else type mentality. Um, and if we all spend an extra 10, 20% on buying local, that again will boost boost the economy no end. Well, what's Dick Smith doing these days? Are we going, are we going to bring him out of retirement? For, <laughs> yeah. for, for, for this? Maybe he's the figurehead we need. He's perfect for the comms strategy. <laughs> Absolutely, but the um, and also, I mean, I guess the the other thing as well is you know to to make sure that we are protecting ourselves from vulnerabilities so that we're, that we're not facing the, the same issue again. So, for example, you know, all around the world, everybody is fighting for medical equipment. We should be making that stuff ourselves, shouldn't we? Well, that's what you're going to see now. There'll either be significant incentives or government-owned uh, enterprises mm. that are established just to manufacture the core essentials that 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 um, we were clearly caught short on. So, PPE, you know, certain vaccines. Uh, that that's a must. We have to have a level of protection, and not China. China manufactures ninety percent of the world's medicine. I mean, that is yeah. just. Uh, um, you know, begging, begging for a crisis. And we've got one and we've seen it. Uh, absolutely. Mm. So uh, the, the, when you start saying, well, OK, there needs to be some sort of government support to 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 aid uh, the, you know, the manufacturing, mm. to provide these incentives. You do hit that problem, don't you, where you mm. start that you get into that big question. How do how do governments pick winners on all of this? If, you, if you're going to be selective, how do you choose? Well, I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think you can pick winners. I think you just need to have. Uh, a suite of measures that will encourage small, medium, and large businesses to invest. So it, it, mm. it covers off into taxation reform, but but also again that that buy Australian made campaign. I mean, the government needs to spend serious dollars on on that sort of campaign, which will help create demand for those products that will be man- that will be manufactured here. I mean, the, these three sort of pillars of of the plan um, all interrelate. So it's not they're not they're not mutually exclusive. So you know for for a significant boost to the manufacturing capability in the, in the country. We need taxation reform and we need IR reform because we can't compete with with a dollar a day 
wages in China and other parts of the world. So all three things need to go in tandem. So we've talked about the manufacturing incentive program. Uh, we need comprehensive taxation reform. I mean, we've just been dabbling and dabbling for for 10, 15 years because no one's had yeah. had uh, sufficient numbers on the floor to come up with anything bold. And, and we've had this short-termism um, that's been in the Australian parliament for 15 years, as there has been in the corporate land. We need some big, bold, long-term uh, decisions to, to really get us through this. So in taxation, so they're the three, basically, manufacturing mm. incentives, taxation reform, and IR reform. So on, on taxation reform, I mean, you tend to think of mm. that as saying, well, okay, we're going to cut tax, but we are also going through a period where we're, we're, we're pushing up government debt. And uh, if we you know believe that that government debt has to be repaid yep. somehow, then that's going to have to come from tax, isn't it? So how do we balance those two factors? Yeah, so you can't. We can't raise taxes. I mean, that is the surefire way to sit and languish for next for yes. another ten years. We have to grow the pie. The only way to grow the pie is to incentivise investment. So, uh, so this is we've come up with a number of different initiatives, both state and federal. So, you know, we need to lower the corporate tax rate to twenty percent or something thereabouts um, to to really incentivise uh, investment uh, uh, in in those areas, uh, and that will help uh, Australian made uh, products compete. With overseas competitors, because you know we, we have a, a, a wage a wage cost here which supports our standard of living. So we're not talking about lowering wages, but for those companies to be able to offer prices at a level that uh, so they can compete um, more fairly, they, we need to lo- lower the other costs of, 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 of a corporate. So lowering the corporate tax rate to twenty percent, um, we need permanent removal of state payroll taxes. They are an archaic um, tax that were meant to have got, been. Um, disposed of when GST first came in, it punishes businesses as they grow. I mean, you get above a million, 1.2 in wages a year, which is the threshold, and then you have to start paying more tax. Why should you be penalised for growing a business? So, you know, um, there's ways and means for the Australian government to rejig the way the GST is distributed uh, to ensure that the states aren't aren't left worse off. But again, it's all about red red tape. Get rid of state payroll taxes. one of the one of the big things that we've been opining on is there's so much tax debt that's going to be accrued over the next six months, particularly by SMEs, and they will never ha- have a chance of paying that off. A lot of them will just if they don't if they don't collapse through this process, they'll sit and languish for five years under a massive amount of debt, and then most of them will collapse anyway. So if we want the economy to really rebound, you know, we're calling for at least a sort of fifty percent waiver of all debt that's racked up over the next six months. Um, it need, and it's radical. Um, I mean, the, the tax office is already giving um, refunds now um, through the through the uh, cash flow boost scheme, where they're giving up to fifty grand a quarter. Um, that, that's a that's a write off. That's a rebate. It's a very efficient rebate. Um, <clears throat> but we're saying it needs to go higher. We know we need, we need to make sure the debt burden, like a corporate, is not unsustainable. You know, you can you can agree to a five eight year tax plan, but that's just not going to solve the problem. So we need to some right. radical reform there because it's going to get written off at the end of the day anyway, and it'll just hurt the economy on the way through. So we need substantial um, uh, discussion around that. Um, a big one you know, for me, it's been talked about by a range of you know, politicians and others over the years, is <clears throat> the issue that a lot of multinationals don't pay a cent of tax here. That we need 
I'm not talking about a levy across, we've used levies on banks and other things like that in the past to help us through situations, but we need a temporary sales tax. We need to bring that back for large corporates that don't pay us anything. So forget about, forget about tax on profit, which you can, obviously you can- You can uh, manipulate. Use your rugby figures on that. Whatever you're selling in this country, uh, whatever the revenue you're claiming out of this country, we're going to, you're going to pay. And we know that because you're paying GST on it. That's uh, right. We're going to, we're going to charge, we're going to charge you more. 2%, 3%, 2%, 3%, um, and it may only be, last for a couple of years, but but they need to do their bit, and at the moment they don't. And, uh, you know, Australian public buy a lot of products, um, and, you know, I won't mention all the names, but they're all, they're all the, and there's not many of them. There's there's only sort of 50 to 100 that we need to, that would need to, to share their share their load. And, yeah. uh, but for me, that's, 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 that's a given because all the other mechanisms haven't worked uh, to ensure that they, uh, um, you know, pay their pay their fair share, uh, and a bit of a uh, as you know, we're we're huge on on mental health, um, particularly in the round of, of of businesses that can strife and the collateral impacts on on society. So yeah. you know, one for me is and for us is is very simple but very clear. All money spent by businesses or a range of uh, um, entities that would normally be subject to FBT on this, any any money spent on mental health on their staff is exempt for FBT. Uh, and uh, you know, to Sounds encourage like so much a no-brainer, so much is, a no-brainer. It is, it is. And, and there's a lot of talk, and we all know the the stress levels and and the rates of suicide are, are going through the roof. Um, going into this, uh, it's going to be worse through on the on the back end of this. So we need to again incentivize businesses to spend money on a whole range of different measures that are going to improve the mental health of their workforce because um, it's 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 going to be um, you know the next big. Uh, drag on the economy if, if we don't deal with that. So it's a no-brainer. It shouldn't be a subject to FBT. So a lot of what you're talking about, it sounds like to me, there's a there's a, there's a big shift here happening in trying to mm. move debt out of the uh, out of the private sector and pushing it onto the onto the public sector, which uh, I personally think is fine for a while, but obviously it goes against the the grain of what the attitude prevailing attitude has been over the last decade or so. Yeah, and look, it's this is. See here, we've come up with a range of different and a combination of different things. So lowering the corporate tax rate, but also writing debt off, um, you know, incentivizing businesses mm. to grow, employ more people, you know, getting rid of some red tape. I mean, there's a whole raft of other things we could go through, but these are the big ones that we've. we've and, and I guess the hope the hope is, you know, whatever you're spending on, you know, in terms of reducing taxes, which mm. is pushing up uh, government debt, you're hoping that you're going to see some of that back because you're going to add to the growth through the through the manufacturing, through the through the you know the the economy is going to be uh, hopefully growing at a faster rate than it was we've been been through a period of so much stagnation haven't we the quickest way to turn a business around or an economy is if you if you've got some levers that you can pull uh, they're going to grow revenue faster that's always the best way through these sort of things Um, and uh, fortunately we're in a situation here where you know we can turn that tap on by bringing a lot of manufacturing back on shore a lot of businesses can't turn that tap on and and we and you do have to do a level of cost cutting once you've stabilized the business and and, and fix the balance sheet through other other means. But here, we do have levers here uh, that uh, will need bipartisan support, but we do have levers that can, uh, and for, as I said before, fortunately, a lot of our manufacturing has gone offshore. So if it's the very fact of bringing half of that back onshore will create a significant tidal wave of jobs. And, uh, you know, even with a lower tax rate, we'll end up with greater tax dollars 
to to share around, and, and uh, we will rebound quickly. Yep. And the third third big pillar to get to enable all that to happen is we need comprehensive IR reform. Now, uh, on it, this, when I when mm. I see those words IR reform, I think okay. Uh, what's that mean? Does that mean cut wages? No, it does not. It, it means getting rid of the complexities. I mean, we've seen just as an example, right? Uh, the the uh, all the the multinationals and businesses that have been caught out, um, well, not caught out, but been caught underpaying um, their, their workforce. Now, these are not businesses that did this deliberately. There are we had the most complex system of awards and and arrangements in the in, in the world. And and it's not large corporates trying to rip the system off. I mean AB, the ABC was one of the big entities that got caught by this. Um, um, not by choice. And it's just it, this is all happening over the last two years, uh, coming into this crisis. Um, large businesses, you know, private, government owned as well as private, um, couldn't handle and, and keep up with the complexities of our IR laws, and and they act as a drag on 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 the economy. So it's not about making it easier to sack people. It's about getting rid of the complexities and condensing it down. Again, simplify the system. You know, when you've got a really complex system, it takes longer to get things done, slows down investment, uh, makes it harder to make decisions, and all that does is act as a, as a anchor uh, on the economy. So I'm not saying. Reduce wages. We don't want to. If we do those other measures, we don't need to reduce wages, and we shouldn't. This is about getting red tape out of the way, making it simpler for businesses to get on and employ people and, and grow and grow their businesses, which the whole economy yeah. will benefit. So we just need a simpler, a simpler IR platform, and it is way too complex. It's been proven in the in the in the last few years, and and again, we need a crisis. To, to do some radical thinking around here. And, and yeah. uh, we have this opportunity now and we need to take advantage of it. So how do we implement this? Do we need some sort of uh, group that uh, is pulled together from across Australia, across all mixes of society to try and develop a plan? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think this, this, these are unprecedented times and, and I would involve um, both sides of politics in this and, and, mm. and, and the independence. There needs to be a coalition uh, of both government and industry leaders to come together and and and, and agree on a blueprint. So when, when when the laws start to get drafted, it's already got bipartisan support. So you know, typically Labor will push back on some of the um, you know um, perhaps taxation and IR reforms, but um, maybe not. You know, as I said, mm. this crisis. You know, if, if we're going to bring a lot of manufacturing jobs back on shore. Um, which is which labor labor and and, and um, that's that sort of sort of politics will will be in favor of anyway you know if this is a package and they as I said they all work together maybe maybe you know fingers crossed we will get bipartisan support but we do need that coalition of government industry leaders state and federal and maybe it's an extension of this um, um, you know national cabinet uh, for, format that, that, that the Prime Minister has put together it's working. Um, and he's got all state leaders all supporting and moving in one direction. And maybe it's just an extension of that because this sort of outline and turnaround plan that we've come up with is a mixture of state and federal um, uh, reforms and they all work together and they need to work together. And how quickly could this happen? I mean, I know you, you, you look at the first 100 days when you're doing a, a turnaround. How much could we achieve in 100 days? Well, I mean, the, the first phase, as you know, that to a typical turnaround is we need to stabilise the, the situation. So that's yeah. what we're, we're going through now. Uh, and yeah. but but we need to get onto this really quickly because you know as soon as uh, this crisis is over, there will be a tidal wave of, of bankruptcies, uh, both both uh, business and personal. So you know, 
I think over the next hundred days, you could agree the 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 the. The plan. You could agree the broad range of initiatives, um, and, and I'd have bipartisan support there. And then you know, there's a bunch of legislation that you'd need to sort of work through. But but this is all about signal, signaling to business, particularly and and the public, that there is a comprehensive, you know, economy turnaround plan um, that is going to be taking shape. Again, it's all about confidence. Mm. We've talked about this for for eons. Turnaround really is a game of confidence. How do we improve the level of yeah. confidence of all of our stakeholders and the Australian public need to know that there is a comprehensive, well-thought-out, bipartisan, industry, government-led um, approach that is the best way to turn this economy around, to save as many jobs initially, but then build on that uh, later, and to ensure you know all of our superannuation nest eggs are, are not going to be uh, wasted or, or, or you know, languishing for the next 10 years, particularly those that are close to retirement. We need to start signalling um, uh, these sort of initiatives. So I think over the next 100 days, you could easily come up with that plan with, with effectively bipartisan support and then uh, yeah. and, and set about, you know, uh, implementing those laws over the following six months or so. Now it's the time to do. Look, there's a lot. There's an, an awful lot of talk, isn't there, about when do we return to normal, mm. or are we going to return to normal, or is it going to be a new normal? Well, I think it's it's not even going to be a new normal, is it? What what you're talking about is new opportunities, a once in a lifetime opportunity, and we've all got to get excited about that prospect, haven't we? Absolutely. Great to talk, Michael. As always, see you again soon. Hopefully, this comes off. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Phil. I have to say, I'm quite excited by the opportunity this provides us. So. Uh, Let's not blow it. Share this podcast around and spread the word. That's it for this time on the Vantage Performance Podcast. Uh, I'll be back with Michael Fingland again very soon. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.